0: And at NFX, we dig into network effects companies and their founding stories. So I emailed Craig Newmark, the founder of Craigslist, and we had a chance to sit down to talk. Craig handed over the operations of Craigslist in 2000 and is now more focused on his philanthropy. But when we catch up, we get to discuss his mental models for business and for life. And just like the product he built, his secret to success is simple. It's enduring. It's just treat others the way you want to be treated. Let's jump in for a quick chat with Craig. Well Craig It's uh, great to have you On the NFX podcast And uh, you and I Had a chance to meet uh, A few years back We went on a on a hike around Mount Tam to, with Jim Buckmaster. And we're talking about future of the world, future of the internet, Craigslist.org's place in it. And uh, it was very memorable for me. And, you know, so pleased to, to have you here today, uh, given your sort of um, old time nerd status and uh, sort of representative of the sort of hobbyist and creative era of the internet. So pleased to have you here. So thanks for coming on. Hey, it's my pleasure. So thank you. It's the case that, um, you know, everybody knows about Craigslist.org. It's uh, one of the great marketplaces in the world, uh, one of the great companies with network effects. And certainly as NFX, we focus on network effects all the time. But, But almost more importantly, of course, it is really a piece of cultural fabric for the United States and many parts of the world. And it has set up, you know, connections between hundreds of millions of people over the years and is really part of how we live our lives. And, and while while that has become a calling card for you in a way, you gave up uh, management of that back in 2000, five years into the journey, um, and you've been focusing on philanthropy and on other good works in the community since then. And uh, because while they know Craigslist.org, they might not know you, and they having heard your story from beginning to end uh, might help them understand your way of thinking, and then we can get to your mental models and how you think about a service mindset and how you think about uh, philanthropy and the future of, of our world, because I think that's going to be very fascinating to people as well. You know, I guess let's put you in time and place now. You live in San Francisco. You're, you're, you're how old now? 65? 67. 67 years old. So you were 42 when you started uh, your email newsletter. Can you bring us back to how that started for you, uh, just to, to set us? I had just
1: recently taken a kind of a job in the emerging uh, dot-com industry. 95 is when it all began. I wanted to connect with my community more, so I started a very simple CC list about arts and technology events. I tried that, and that, uh, that worked out pretty well. And people wanted more, and I listened and did more. Got it. So it started as an email
0: list to your friends.
1: Not even an email list. It was strictly a CC list.
0: CC list. And it just kept getting bigger and bigger. And then it added apartment listings that people said, hey, Craig, could you tell everyone on the list that I've got my apartment for rent?
1: I actually asked people to announce that because at that point, that's when we started to see a apartment shortage in San Francisco.
0: And, you know, there might be some job listings or there might be some art festivals or other things that your community was interested in. You just kept adding them into this big CC list and the list kept growing and growing to the point where it got to be too big. The
1: CC list, uh, maybe 250 addresses, was just too much to handle as a cc list they do have uh finite sizes i had to uh use a list server major domo and i had to give the thing a name too since i'm pretty literal i wanted to call it uh, san francisco events people around me though told me they were already calling it craigslist i had inadvertently created a brand
0: and they were right i didn't know what a brand was but i learned fast and so it became Craigslist. And then you said, okay, let's put up a website and we'll just take all these postings and put them up and people can consume them as they want to. Over time, I figured that out. I don't remember
1: exactly when, but within the year, I realized that I had all these emails and I could write some software which turned emails into web pages. I had instant and for free web publishing, and that worked out pretty well, particularly since
0: it was just me doing the whole thing. And so what were some of the lessons that you learned during that 1995 to 2000 period when you were running Craigslist, it was just you and you were adding a few people to help out? What were some of the things that you learned that you think might have informed how you think today about how you should treat people or how you should treat your customers or helping two sides of the marketplace in different ways? What were some of those lessons there? The
1: biggest lesson was one I learned in Sunday school from Mr. and Mrs. Levin, treat people like you want to be treated. That's the lesson which somehow surfaced in my head as I was starting things. It particularly applies to customer service. Treat people like you wanted to be treated. Along those lines, though, is that sometimes you respond to real needs and wants because I was talking to people, listening to people, and that set the pattern for the uh, whole history of Craigslist. Beyond that, I was learning other lessons like Doing well by doing good is a successful business model. I was also learning that uh, you really want to listen to your lawyers when it comes to setting up a real company because they will know things that you don't want to figure out the hard way.
0: You know, one thing that I would ask, if you could um, think through some of the hard times that you went through. Uh, with Craigslist, whether it was with eBay or other things. If you could tell us that story, that might be helpful to founders to understand how to get through some tough times.
1: There were some uh, big distractions, you know, where I had to uh, learn more and all that. But the deal is that when you have a good team who prepares you well, things are much better than you think. And uh, sometimes you have good uh, help in the form of communications advisors, financial advisors, legal advisors, The hard part sometimes is just knowing when to really, really listen to advice, knowing uh, when to trust your instincts and when to listen to experts.
0: When in tough times, make sure you're surrounded by great people.
1: And make sure you're seriously listening, which is often
0: a uh, real challenge. It's often a challenge to listen because you can't open your mind or you can't open your heart. Uh, Listening is a skill which some people
1: acquire naturally without help. But uh, I'm not one of them. I uh, had to get a lot of classroom instructional listening, had to do a lot of list, uh, of uh, reading, and then I had to get yelled at a number of times.
0: Yeah, because I think a lot of people think they're just good at listening. Like it just seems like breathing air.
1: A lot of people are good at listening, probably though the human norm is not so good at listening.
0: And how do you keep yourself open to new things, Craig?
1: I just uh, remind myself that I know better, I should do better. And that works a lot of the time, but I am still uh, quite completely uh, imperfect.
0: And so you've got this deep thought line in your career of service to your friends, then to your users, then to the community, fellow citizens, other countries, right? So boiled down, you've said service is about making things good or better for someone um, and creating value for them. Did When did you realize that Craigslist users were creating value for each other, not you creating value for them?
1: Well, I don't think of it explicitly as service. I just feel that I should do what I should do, what I've committed to do. I like to say that a a nerd's got to do what a nerd's got to do. Sometime, maybe five plus years in, I realized that people were helping each other out in really big ways, creating value for each other. I figured uh, whatever could be done by the company to uh, maintain that would be a great idea. But at that point, I was doing strictly customer service.
0: And when you say customer service, you were answering people's emails. Yes. Got it. Was everybody in the company kind of in customer service? Is that Was that a philosophy that you brought?
1: Arguably so. Everyone thinks about uh, the customer, and there is explicit customer service. Even accounting is a kind of customer service. And that's, uh, I would say that's front of mind among the technology staff. You'll notice that I haven't mentioned anything about marketing since, well, we had a brief attempt at a little marketing in 2000, put a couple of ads uh, in HR magazines for job postings.
0: That's it. It just grew on its own. What do, do you look back and think of what conditions allowed it to grow without any marketing?
1: Basically did something simple, effective, useful, stuck with basics, didn't do any fancy, used the design principles that people wanted rather than the design principles that uh, a designer might want.
0: I just feel as if the the life you've lived and the life that you're living now is such a great example for people in so many ways about having values, sticking by them, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people, learning to listen, uh, learning to stay humble. It doesn't seem to be the way of, of the most recent Silicon Valley that we're in. It's hard to say. Um, in many cases,
1: people who are trying to generate attention or outrage, those are the people who get our attention, but I don't know if they're representative of anything. It is uh, fashionable these days to write stories, articles about that, but... You know, no one really knows how true that is. Sometimes people write articles uh, suggesting that uh, bad attitudes are representative of one thing or another, but we don't really know.
0: What What would you most like for some of these young, ambitious founders to hear, Craig?
1: You know, it's enough if you just treat people like you want to be treated. That's a big one. The golden rule, right? Well, the deal is that some things we take for granted. Like, I'd like to think I internalized and practiced that philosophy, but, uh, I'm sure I wasn't that good at it for a period of, uh, years. And, uh, you know, I consciously realized it again over the last, let's say 20 years. And that made a difference, but it's, it's so commonplace a principle that, uh, that people again tend to take it for granted. And,
0: uh, what caused you to forget it, Craig? What caused you to forget it? Was it the acceleration of Craig's list and the attention that that got you Mm that, caused your brain to shift? or what was it? That's what
1: caused me to remember it. That is, uh, interacting with people on a daily basis in substantial numbers, and then people talking with, with me about what makes Craigslist work, that reminded me of the golden rule. The thing is that most people here treat people like you want to be treated and uh, may just be too used to hearing it and may just not think about how it applies to their behavior all the time. However, I never quite stopped doing it. And then I guess doing Craigslist reminded me of it. And then it reminded me of it even more. And while I'm not perfect, I try really hard.
0: Uh, Well, Craig, this has been a real pleasure to spend some time with you today. I appreciate you taking time out of your day. And um, uh, I want you to know that uh, we really appreciate all that you've done and all that you continue to do. Oh, it's uh, my pleasure. I really appreciate it.